G'day, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I am your host, Marise, and I'm joined by nobody, and I'm also in a slightly different uh, setting than normal. So what's happened is Dylan is here. He is here, um, alive next door and ready to record, or would be ready to record at the time we were intended to record. I just ran into arguably the worst technical difficulties of my life, uh, and Dylan is traveling out of town for Easter, uh, in the morning, so he is unable to stay up and record with me. Uh, I'm also going to try to be kind of quiet so I don't uh, keep him from sleeping, but I don't think that'll be too big an issue. Um, but yes, tonight I am going to be going through uh, my playoff predictions, Dylan's playoff predictions, and as well as our award picks. It is a shame he is not here to discuss with me, but um, I'm sure we will get a chance throughout the playoffs when it, when we do more episodes um, throughout the playoffs, maybe at the end of each round. So, I'm going to start with our award picks. I'm going to run through some of them pretty quickly. I don't want to make this too long, just because it is only me talking here. Um, But yeah, so, uh, for MVP, both Dylan and I have Nikola Jokic. Uh, Look, I'm a Nuggets fan. I'm biased. This would have been good to have Dylan here and actually talk about it, but Jokic had an incredible season. He carried the Nuggets um, without Jamal Murray and Michael Pooh Jr. to... Uh, 48 wins, I think it was. Um, just three wins behind the Sixers and the Bucks. Uh, yes, they are the sixth seed in the West. But, I mean, if you look at the win totals, I really don't think um, the seeding matters that much. Jokic just had an incredible season, really. I mean, he, he led the league in total rebounds. He was um, he he was a great scorer. He just completely carried the team. If you watched Jokic this year, you would understand why he's the MVP. Not to say that Embiid and Giannis were undeserving. I just think this was Jokic's year. Um, and it was the narrative. Like, no Jamal Murray, no Michael Boyd Jr. I, I think people, would, people wouldn't have necessarily, necessarily excused him for missing the playoffs. But I think people would have understood if he did miss the playoffs with his second best player being Aaron Gordon, third best player being Will Barton, um, as opposed to Jamal Murray, who is a 20-point-per-game scorer, and Michael Boyd Jr., who was you know, there for the first nine games of the season and not playing particularly well. But you'd imagine would be at least a 15-point-per-game scorer um, if healthy. So, yeah, he he had very little help throughout the season and really carried the Nuggets. Um, I am I love advanced stats, but I'm not one to say he's winning only because of advanced stats because you can watch him. You can watch him and understand why he is the MVP, um, why he is one of uh, the absolute best players in the league. Um yeah, some love to Embiid and Giannis for sure. I think uh, two and three in some order. I mm, I might have Giannis too. I'm not entirely sure. I, I haven't really thought about it. But yeah, Embiid, Giannis, and probably like Luca in four is where I, is where I stand. But um, and like LeBron in fifth. Yeah, let's say that. Um, but yeah, uh, some love to those guys. They obviously all carried their teams to an extent as well, but. I think Jokic just did more with less, or as much with less. Uh, Sixth man of the year, this one's a very obvious one. I think pretty much everyone in the world has the same pick in Tyler Hero. Um, averages 20 a game off the bench. That's just the prototypical sixth man of the year, really. He comes in there, he scores a lot, and then he leaves. <laughs> um, he plays big minutes with the starters. He plays big minutes... Uh, to close games as well um, at times. I, I can't say I've watched a whole lot of the Heat this season, but I believe he does close a few games. Yeah, he, he does tend to close games. Um, yeah, he's just 
very, very good. He's a great scorer, and yeah, that is what you expect from a six man. That's what that's why Lou Williams has three. That's why Jamal Crawford, uh, Jamal Crawford has three. Uh, Tyler Hero, he's winning his first. It's probably not going to be his last unless he gets, uh, I guess, promoted to a starting spot, which seems unlikely because he could definitely have a starting spot right now if he really wanted it. Um, could he? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, positionally, maybe not. I mean, I would... St- mm, Tyler Hero is better than Duncan Robinson, but, you know, um, Tyler Hero better off the bench as well. Uh, Defensive player of the year. Here is where Dylan and I uh, differ. So, Dylan has Jaron Jackson Jr. as defensive player of the year, and I have Marcus Smart. Um, I can't talk about why Dylan has Jaron Jackson Jr. Honestly, defensive player of the year is the award I always struggle most to pick. Um, I've got Marcus Smart because the Celtics won a real, like, tear towards the end of the season, so I think they deserve some recognition in some way. I want a guard to win it. I, I don't remember the last time a guard won defensive player of the year. It'd just be nice to see kind of a new guy, a new face, you know, not one of the same three or four guys that's won over the last five or six years, but I wouldn't be super surprised if, like, Giannis or Bam or, I mean, Jared Jackson Jr. would have win it. Um, yeah, I that's the, that's the award I'm going to talk least about because that's the award I'm least confident in my picks on. Uh, most improved player. Uh, Dylan has put three candidates down, and I think they are the three main candidates, and they are Jordan Poole, John Morant, and he's underlined Darius Garland, so I assume that is his pick. I'm sticking with Jar. I think the leap that Jar has made has been significantly higher than the leap that um, Darius Garland has made. Like, essentially what uh, most approved player has become over the past few years is it's a guy that's going from good to great. Um, I think Darius Garland went from good to very good, but I think John Morant went from good to great. Um, and Jordan Poole went from, I mean, it depends when you're looking. If you're looking like two seasons ago, or if you're looking at like the start of last season, he went from nobody to good. Um, but he's kind of gone from decent at the end of last season. Like you knew Jordan Poole was good uh, towards the end of last season to still being quite good and better this season. But um, I, you know, I wouldn't be mad about uh, Jordan Poole winning the award. It kind of changes the parameters of the award though, really. It says... You know, it's not the most improved from the end of last season to now. It's the most improved from partway through last season to now. Or, like, I feel like you can't win. I mean, you can't. Like, you literally can't win uh, most improved in your first year in the league. So, if you come in as a terrible player and by the end of the season prove yourself to be decent and then you prove the next season that you're still very good, you can't really win most improved, which kind of sucks. So, I would not mind those parameters being changed uh, for MIP. Um, what's next? Uh, coach of the year. Yes. Uh, I have Monty Williams. I think that's a pretty easy pick. The Suns had a really, really good season. Um, was it all Monty Williams doing? No, but the Suns had a really, really good season. You want to credit, you want to give credit to the coach of the best team in the league. Uh, you know, they're not always the one that wins, uh, coach of the year because the Suns were obviously very, very good last year. Uh, but I, I do believe he deserves it. Uh, Dylan has got Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. And yeah, I think that's also a really good pick. He's made a big leap. Um, like the Grizzlies have gone from being um, only making the playoffs because of the play in last season uh, to now the second seed, or like solidly the second seed in the West. So yeah, I I don't think either of those picks is bad. I don't really know if anyone in the East would really necessarily deserve it. Um, 
I think at around the halfway point of the season, I'll speak Eric Spolstra, uh, which I also wouldn't hate to see. I think he definitely needs one. It's weird that he doesn't have one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you stick with one of the very, very top teams in the league. And I, I for me, the Suns uh, have earned their coach, at least that award. Uh, and finally, we have Rookie of the Year. Um, and we both have Evan Mobley, which I think is a little bit surprising. I think people have kind of shifted um, from Evan Mobley to Scotty Barnes as being like the the like popular pick, essentially. Uh, it's mostly Mobley, Barnes, and Cade. Uh, I think it's mostly between Mobley and Barnes, though. Scotty Barnes has a lot of really, great, really, really great stuff, but I give Evan Mobley a lot of credit for doing what he's done as like a really focal point on the Cavs and having done it from the start of the season. Like, I trust Evan Mobley the same way I trust a vet. I don't know if I'm quite there with Scotty Barnes, but I really, really do trust Evan Mobley, which is why he's my pick. And yeah, he's been doing it since the very start of the season. I think he kind of he kind of locked up that award very, very early on. And the only way for someone else to take it off him was for him to have a poor rest of the season. Like if he played really, really well for 30 games and then dropped off, I could definitely see someone else getting it. But no, he played consistently well throughout the season, even though maybe Scotty Barnes is playing a little bit better than him right now, or maybe Cade, or maybe a couple other guys are playing as good as, or maybe a little bit better than him uh, recently. The fact that he played so well consistently throughout the season, I think, uh, earns him that uh, award. But yeah, I think those are your main candidates, and we both have Evan Mobley. Now, we have our predictions. Where are Dylan's? He's missing one, I think. Oh, no, he's not. Okay, no, he's not. Um... Yeah, let's start. Let's start in the West, shall we? So Dylan has uh, with the one eight matchup. The, so the Suns versus the Pelicans. By the way, play in was great. Um, I do still think it's unfair for teams like the Timberwolves to have to play in the play in. Um, you know, teams that are ten plus games better than the teams below them. Whatever. Uh, you know, it 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 ends up being really fun. Um, and ultimately, no harm done in in that regard. Teams, the teams that did fall out they fell to teams that were similarly good or had like relatively similar records. They went way, way, way better than they went 10 games better than. Um, so yeah, uh, Suns versus Pelicans. Dylan has Suns in five. I have Suns in four. I think it's a sweep here. Like, yeah, I, my initial pick was Suns in five, but I'm, I'm feeling I want to be a bit unapologetic now. I feel like I don't want to take the safe bets. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to hedge uh, these playoffs, I want to just say what I think, and I think the Suns are going to just kill the Pelicans, really. Um, honestly, I'm surprised the Pelicans uh, actually ended up making it. I picked against them um, in the Spurs. I thought the Spurs would beat them in their matchup, and I definitely thought the Clippers were going to win uh, against them today, or last night, wherever you're listening to this from. Um, I, I, Yeah, I really thought the Pelicans were going to lose, especially for uh, towards... The end of the game, not right at the end, but a few minutes before the end of the game, I really thought the Clippers were just going to take it. Uh, so yeah, I'm surprised the Pelicans are even here. They're a good team. They're a fun team. They're a young, exciting team. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the Suns just kind of outclassed them in almost every way. So yeah, Suns in four for me. I I can't see the Pelicans actually take your win. I think the Suns are just like too locked in. Uh, the 2-7 matchup, the Grizzlies and the Wolves. Uh, and we both have Grizzlies in six. Part of me, okay, I, I will say, 
part of me wanted to take Wolves and Seven. Like, legitimately, part of me really, really wanted to take Wolves and Seven. I thought it would be funny <laughs> to take Wolves and Seven. Uh, like, especially considering in my play in predictions episode, I talked about how I have a mental block picking the Wolves against anyone. <laughs> but they, they match up not terribly, right? Like, um, They've got a lot of, they've just got a lot of athleticism. Like, the Grizzlies do a lot in transition. They get out and run a lot. I feel like the Wolves can match them. Uh, not defensively, but, like, they have so many just athletes and scorers on their own team. I think it's going to be a very, very high offense um, series. But the interesting thing is, in the playoffs, star power shines a lot. And I think the Grizzlies do have the best player in the series in John Morant. But I think the Wolves have the second, third, and fourth best players in Cat uh, and, and D'Lo in Whatever order, I mean, probably that order actually, but yeah. Um, so I, I think the Wolves technically do have more star power here. The Grizzlies are definitely, are definitely have more depth, and they definitely can uh, hold their own without their star. But it's the stars that really, really matter when it when it comes to the playoffs. That's what happened in the Hawks Cavs uh, playing game. It was the star. It was Trey Young. He was the best player on the court, and he is the one that won them that game. Um, not so much with the Pelicans, uh, not so much with the Pelicans Clippers game. Uh, that I think that would be a fair argument. I don't think it was necessarily. It, I don't think it really came down to the stars uh, in that game. Uh, though Reggie Jackson did give it his all. Uh, he definitely tried his best. Um, yeah, in the playoffs, it's really star star power matters a lot. And part of me wanted to take the Wolves, but the Grizzlies makes way more sense. They're just overall a better team. There is still a bit of a mental block with me with the Wolves, even though they did show they can win important games by winning that first playing game against the Clippers. Um, but yeah, it's I wanted to pick them. I thought it would be really, really funny. But yeah, no, I think the Grizzlies are just the safe pick. Um, I know I said I don't want to make the safe picks, but I'm making the safe pick here. I think the Grizzlies are clearly just the better team uh, in this situation and somehow weirdly have more experience than the Wolves in the playoffs, um, despite the fact that the Wolves have been rebuilding for a lot longer than the Grizzlies have. Um, let's see. Yes, uh, the Nuggets Warriors series. This is another one where <laughs> I wanted to go nuts and I wanted to take the underdog, but Dylan and I both have Warriors in six, and I think that's going to be the case. I, you know, part of me really wanted to pick Nuggets at seven. Part of me is kind of banking on a Jamal Murray, uh, on a Jamal Murray return at some point in the series, but like I think the Nuggets go down 2-0 and the Jamal Murray comes back, but... Th- Chase Center is where he got injured. I don't think if he's coming back, he's coming back against the Warriors. I think there's just going to be a mental block there for him because he has been cleared to play. It's now up to him uh, whether or not he wants to play. I'm guessing there's some kind of mental block there, and I don't think coming back against the Warriors in the playoffs is uh, the right move for said mental block, which is a shame. But yeah, Jokic, he, he can't overcome everything. Like They obviously did beat the Warriors in some of their matchups this season, but Draymond wasn't in them. Uh, Draymond wasn't playing it. Draymond is obviously very, very, very smart and obviously an incredibly good defender. The Nuggets just don't have... They just don't have enough. They don't have enough offense. They they don't have enough defense. Uh, like, they they can slow down Clay. They can maybe, maybe slow down Steph sometimes. Um, and they're not really, like... They're not terrified of Wiggins necessarily either, but they don't have the... They just don't have the guys that are gonna that are gonna get these points. Jokic can average forty, but Barton's gonna put up twelve 
Um, Aaron Gordon's going to put up 14. Monte Morris is going to put up 10. And then everyone else is going to put up like six. And it's just not going to be enough um, to actually get them a win. Unless Jamal Murray comes back and looks good. Um, so uh, if Jamal Murray comes back, Nuggets in seven. But I don't believe that's going to be the case. So Nuggets in... Uh, sorry, uh, Warriors in six, I think, is once again probably the safe pick. Uh, I, yeah, I'm very much going back on my word saying that I won't go for the safe picks. Um, the final matchup in the West... Uh, is Jazz versus Mavs. Uh, sorry, Mavs versus Jazz. Mavs have home court, uh, I believe. Uh, Luca is out for game one, which is interesting. I wonder how that's going to go. So that game is actually going to be probably over by the time this episode comes out. That game's at like 3.30 in the morning, uh, Sydney time. Um, it's currently 10 p.m., so that game is in five and a half hours. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the first game, at least. Um, this is a tough one, because... Wow. Sorry, I didn't even read Dylan's prediction. Dylan has the Jazz in either five or six. I have the Mavs at six. Wow, we are very, very different here. I think this is just it for the Jazz. Um, I honestly don't understand this pick from Dylan. I guess matchup-wise, it might make a bit of sense, but I think this is just it for the Jazz. They, This has to be it for the Jazz, right? Like, it's the same thing that it's been each of the last, I don't know, three, four years, right? Like, where they just fall apart in the playoffs at some point. <laughs> Essentially, someone um, in a seven-game series, a coach figures out the scheme and is able to take advantage of it. Players are able to score really easily. They're able to defend a lot more easily. Um, they're not just dying to the Gobert, uh, to the Donovan Mitchell-Gobert pick and roll. Not that Donovan Mitchell and Gobert even pass to each other. <laughs> um, as a recent stat was going around, that Donovan Mitchell passes to Rudy Gobert like twice a game. Um yeah, I don't understand Dylan's pick here. Yeah, no, give me the Mavs at six, even without Luca in game one. Um, if Luca is back for game two, definitely give me the Mavs in six. Um, if Luca misses two games, Mavs in seven. If Luca misses three games, maybe, maybe we're talking Jazz then. But I, yeah, I, I don't believe in the Jazz. I mean, they have given me no reason to believe in them. Um, they lost to the Clippers last year, uh, when arguably they probably shouldn't have. They lost what the year before was the 3-1 Nuggets comeback. I don't even know what the year before that was, but I, I doubt it was anything good. Uh, they they just don't show up. Um, they don't, they're, they're a fantastic regular season team, but they don't show up and put their stamp on the playoffs. They're not a bad playoff team uh, by any means necessarily, but you know, they're consistently, you know, in long series and making the second round and things like that. But I just don't see it. I just don't see them overcoming the Mavs here really. Um, I'm very confused as to why Dylan's uh, picked uh, Jazz in five or six when, yeah, no, I have the Mavs in six. All right. Um, over to the East now. Uh, well, the first series is Heat Hawks. Man, <laughs> I can't describe to you how badly I want to pick the Hawks. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. I am not going to pick the Hawks. Um, so Dylan has Heat in five. I have Heat in... Do I have them in s- yeah, I've heated six. I've heated six. You could talk me into heated seven as well. You could talk me into the Hawks getting two games. Um, uh, three games, sorry. Uh, you could definitely talk me into that. Um, I I, <laughs> I would not necessarily fight someone uh, who said uh, heated seven. I would maybe fight someone who said Hawks in seven, but not heated seven. Um, Trey Young just comes. <laughs> Trey Young just does it. He just he just plays basketball. He just does the thing, and he just he wills his team to these wins. Um, the Heat, 
did not exactly have a great playoffs last year. Uh, in fact, I believe they and the Nuggets were the only two teams to be swept uh, in that playoffs. Uh, who do they get? It was by the Bucks, right? Um, and the Heat have had some issues uh, on court uh, towards a lot towards the end of the regular season with. Um, yeah, Udonis Haslam saying he beat, beat Jimmy Butler's ass, um, and the Heat just playing badly and getting really bad losses um, from time to time. That like that dysfunction is kind of exactly what the Hawks are going to feed on. That's that's kind of what happened with the Sixers last year. There was a level of dysfunction to that team, and the Hawks fed on it and made it to the conference finals out of absolutely nowhere. So part of me legitimately wants to pick the Hawks here um, as like a ponder's bet. I, you know, I don't gamble, but I would honestly maybe put a bit of money on this just because I think it would be funny. Um, and I think the payout would probably be all right. Um, yeah, but no, Heat at six. I, obviously, the Heat are ultimately the better team. They're the one seed for a reason. The Hawks were the 10 seed. They climbed their way uh, into the playoffs uh, through the play-in tournament, beating both the Hornets and the Cavs. The Heat, yeah, the Heat are clearly the better team, but man, the Hawks are fun, and I I like rooting for I like rooting for the villain Hawks. Like, I'm not a huge fan of teams that like. I'm not a huge fan of like young up and coming teams, mostly because I'm a Nuggets fan, and I just feel like salty that the Nuggets kind of aren't that anymore. They're maybe you know we we don't know exactly yet with Jam- well with Jamal Murray, and Michael Boo Jr. out, but they may not necessarily be these like really amazing young and up-and-coming teams like the Grizzlies, uh, like the Suns, uh, like maybe even the Pelicans were. I, they're, they're not that anymore, and part of me is a little bit salty, uh, but I'm not salty when it comes to the Hawks, because they have embraced the fact that they are villains uh, in this league. Largely, Trey has uh, embraced the fact that he's a villain, but the other guys are not uh, dissuading people of that notion. Uh, Kevin Herter, uh, I remember the the shushing, the very awful shushing. Well, one of them, one of Trey Young and Kevin Herter, one went like really high above then. Sorry, I'm doing this on video. If you're, if you're just listening, one of them like shushed like right on their nose, and the other one like off to the side or something. I don't know. It was weird. Um, they're not dissuading people. The notion that they're villains, and I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. Honestly, the Hawks are maybe my favorite Eastern Conference team right now. They're fun to watch, and they also, they're just saying fuck you essentially, which I think is great. Um, yes, now, Bucks, hang on, why has Dylan got this in this order? Uh, so, it's Celtics Nets, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double check this, because now Dylan's confusing me, um, because he's got it in the wrong order. Yes, it is Celtics Nets. Um, Dylan has the Celtics in seven. I have the Nets in seven. So, we both expect it to be a long series. Um, two obviously very good teams. Obviously, the Nets have gone into the play-in. They've they're a significantly lower seed than they probably should be, but they have the guys. They have the guys to be a really good team. Um, the Celtics have been playing really, really well over these last couple of months. I mean, they kind of grabbed the second seed almost out of nowhere for me. I I didn't really expect them to grab the second seed. Uh, towards the end of the season. So I'm I'm not super confident on this pick. I could see Celtics in six. I could see Nets in six. I could see either team in seven. I don't see I don't see this being a short series. I don't see this being a four or five game series, but who knows really? I mean, you know, you're only one get you're only one player's collapse away from uh, a really short series instead. Yeah. Um so yeah, Dylan's got Celtics at seven, I've got Nets at seven. I think 
in that game seven, Cameron Durant's going to take over. He's not going to let uh, his shoe size uh, get in the way this year. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've got. Uh, next up is Bucks versus Bulls. So Dylan has Bucks in either four or five. I have Bucks in five. I reckon the Bulls get one. Maybe I'm also kind of like on the verge of four. Not that the Bulls are bad. I just think the Bucks have a lot of experience. They match up very well. They've got all this size and length. Um, with a lot of their with their best players all being very good, uh, long defenders. And yeah, I mean, it, again, it comes down to star power, and obviously the Bucks have the biggest star in the series by uh, quite a large margin. Demond Rosen and Zach Lavine are both very, very good, but neither of them can be a Giannis. Um, yeah, Bucks in four or five. I, I think that is a fair pick. Mine's five. Dylan is four or five. Um, and our final series is Sixers Raptors. Dylan has the 76ers in six. I have the Raptors in seven. And I know that is nuts. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's that unpopular a pick, actually. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people picking the Raptors here. The Raptors match up really well against the Sixers. They've got all these long, really versatile defenders. Um, I believe in the coaching, like, quite a bit. And, <laughs> like, Doc Rivers' is coaching, don't believe in that. Harden is notorious for not exactly showing up in the playoffs. Um, Embiid struggle. It has, I mean, Embiid does obviously play really, really well in the playoffs, but he doesn't get quite the same whistle. He doesn't get quite the same leeway with all his moves and all that sort of stuff that he tends to get in the regular season. And yeah, he probably, he's going to adjust today. He's obviously still going to be very good and very dominant regardless, but I think that gets in the way of him just enough as to where the Raptors, who are you know, a very long, versatile, well, very well-structured team with some good star power in Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Obviously, nothing in comparison to Embiid and Harden, but I, I'm of the mindset that Harden is not going to show up for these playoffs just as in years past he tends to struggle in the playoffs, um, especially in the last couple of years. You know, I don't see Harden and think that's a guy that's taking over in the playoffs. I see Harden as that's a guy who's probably going to fall apart in the playoffs. Um, and I think the Raptors are going to take advantage of that quite, you know, I, I think Nick Nurse is going to take advantage of that uh, quite a bit because I, I think the coaching battle is just, it's already a wash. Um, Nick Nurse is just going to absolutely destroy Doc Rivers um, from the standpoint of coaching. And yeah, I mean, the Sixers really only need one or two things to go wrong and then the Raptors win this series, I, I feel. So I have the Raptors in seven. I don't think picking the Sixers is crazy. They have the best player in the series by, I'd say, a very significant lot. By racing to Fium Arjunu, he's one of the best players in the league. Embiid uh, is. So, yeah, it's not crazy to pick the Sixers by any means. But, yeah, I think the the versatility of the Raptors and the coach of the Raptors ultimately gets in this win. Part of this is also a salt pick for me again. Again, I'm kind of salty uh, because I think the Nuggets are going to lose in the first round. And if the Nuggets lose in the first round and the Sixers don't, Embiid fans are never going to shut up about the fact that Jokic is probably going to win MVP this season and lose in the first round. So if they both lose in the first round, I could feel a bit better about that. Um, but yeah, that is our playoff predictions. I did actually go through and made a full bracket. Um, so I will briefly run through that. Um, so I've got in the second round, I have Suns and six versus the Mavs. And then I have Warriors and six versus the Grizzlies. And then I have... Uh, Warriors in seven versus the Suns. Actually, that's a joke. Um, I don't know why I wrote that. I have the Suns in seven against the Warriors. I think the Suns are going back to the finals this year. Um, 
But I could see it either way, you know. But my my official pick uh, before the playoffs start for this bracket is Suns in seven in the conference finals and going to the finals. Uh, in the East, I have uh, the Heat in six over the Raptors, and then I have the Bucks in seven over the Nets. Um, and then I have the Bucks in six over the Heat, um, and the Bucks going to the finals again. And then I have the Bucks repeating as champions uh, in six games. So that is my pre-playoff prediction. It's going to be a Bucks Suns finals, maybe Bucks Warriors, um, and in either case, the Bucks are going to win in six games. So that's my pick. Is that crazy? Probably. Actually, you know what? Warriors. Warriors are going to the finals. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm booking it. I I think. The Warriors are going to the finals here because I, I remembered why I wrote it down. I think Draymond just handles it. Like, I, honestly, I think the Warriors have enough offensive firepower as to where they're fine. They match up fairly well defensively against the Sixers, uh, against the uh, Sun Stars. Um, and yeah, like the Suns obviously get by a lot on Chris Paul just running the show and uh, um, just completely controlling the offense. And you need really, really high IQ and very, very good defensive players to actually get in the way of that. And I think there's the number of players that can actually do that is so limited, but Draymond is the prototypical player who does that. So, yeah, give me the Warriors actually going to the finals over the Suns in seven games, and then give me the Bucks winning uh, the title in six. All right. Well, that is my playoff predictions, mine and Dylan's playoff predictions. Unfortunately, uh, he could not be here to join me. Uh, thank you for... Uh, watching slash listening. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating or a review. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at stat underscore stuffers. Other than that, thank you for listening.